Good morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody awake? All right. How many had a good night's sleep last night? All right. How many had a poor night's sleep last night? Okay. All right. You're the ones that got to keep awake. Okay. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks since I've been here in the pulpit uh, uh, preaching and sharing God's Word, and I uh, hope I'm not too rusty. hope I can bring God's Word here today with clarity and excellence for his glory. Uh, when I tell you next week we're going to begin a series called The Keys to God's Blessing. As I've been praying about this year, I really feel the Lord, uh, I know this may sound cliche, but I really feel that God wants to bless you here today. I feel God wants to bless individuals, and I feel that God wants to bless our church. And I believe the reason that God wants to bless us is so that we can be a blessing to not only our families, but to our community and to this world. And so I really want to encourage you to be here next week. Uh, I know that God has a word for you. We're going to spend a couple months in that, and we're going to be going through uh, Matthew chapter 5, and uh, we're going to be looking there at the, the Beatitudes, the blessings right there. And so I really encourage you to uh, come with an expectation that God has something there for you. But this morning, I'm kind of just doing a solo sermon. In fact, I was going to start on this series today, but uh, I just felt impressed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, it was kind of like in a wrestle match. I was really praying about it and say, Lord, I kind of feel that you want me to go in this area, and I, and I really believe that the Lord confirmed that, and it's the area of fasting. And, and I titled it here, uh, it's called Faith for Fasting. If you have your notes, uh, the sermon notes, you can go ahead and uh, I hope that you take some good notes here today. And the reason why that I entitled it Faith for Fasting is many of us have heard about fasting. But a lot of times, God's people do not fast, I feel, because they don't really believe that if they fast, they will get results from that. And the Bible has a whole lot to say about fasting. Now, it, it's not the most uh, exciting s subject or topic to talk about. Not eating, okay? We love to talk about eating, don't we? Okay, all kinds of conversations are, are talking about eating, but when's the last time we had a conversation about not eating? And, uh, and, I, was, and I wrote down the phrase to one of the songs that we had, and it says, give me faith to trust what you say. And God says a lot about that in his word. And I'm praying here today that God will give you faith to trust what he says in the area of fasting. And the question that, that arises in my mind, in, in, in my human mind at times, does prayer combined with fasting work? That's the question. I left. Would you excuse me as I walk over to here? I have cotton mouth, and i got to get some water here. So please excuse me. So the question is, does prayer and fasting, those two combinations together, do they work? I was listening to a story, true story, about uh, two lumberjacks, uh, very skilled and... Uh, and and it was this younger lumberjack uh, uh, knew that he was really one of the best there out of all the lumberjacks. But there was an older gentleman there, very strong, very stout. He was the king of the forest. 
And one day, uh, this young guy who was really good at swinging the axe uh, asked him, he says, I would like to take you on for a day and to see who cuts down the most trees in one day. And so uh, the older uh, gentleman, the, the lumberjack, the king of the forest said, okay, we'll do that. And so uh, they started there in the beginning of the day and this young guy is swinging away and uh, just giving everything he, got, he has. I mean, it's gonna be going all day. And then uh, he begins to notice, he looks over and he sees this other lumberjack and he noticed he's taking a break. He, he cuts for an hour and then for 15 minutes, he's sitting down. And, uh, and so he's kind of confident. He says, I, I've got this. this guy's slowing down and, you know, youth is going to win out the day here. I'm stronger than he is. And, uh, and so it's the, the end of the day and they measure it. And the older lumberjack wins by one-third, cut down one-third more trees than the younger guy did. And the younger guy comes over to him after it, and he says, how in the world did you beat me? He said, it's impossible. I just kept on going, and you kept on taking a 15-minute break. He says, uh, while you were swinging, I would take those 15 minutes to sit down, and I would sharpen my axe. And the analogy that I want to kind of pull in here today is, I believe that a lot of times that God's people who really love him, who, who are in his family, uh, are losing a lot of battles, not experiencing victory in their life, losing to life circumstances, losing to the enemy of their soul because their axes are dull and wondering why the trees, okay, the crises, the, the problems, the issues, the mountains that they are facing aren't falling down. I know last year there were many resolutions that were probably made uh, in 2014. And with a couple, within a couple weeks, a lot of people gave up on those. Even this year, people have made resolutions. And after about a week, you said, it's not working and, and not experiencing victory. I believe... That fasting sharpens the axe, okay? The axe would, what is what I would call our faith. Say our faith, okay? The Bible says one of the three greatest pillars is faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. But we need faith here as we walk here on earth. And, and I believe, and you're going to see, I hope I make the case here today, that, that fasting sharpens our faith so that we can cut down more trees and experience victories. But a lot of times, victories in, in, in the Western Christian church is so elusive. Romans 8.37 says this, Yet in all of these things, and when Paul is talking about these things, he's talking about the life circumstances that are challenges, that are mountains, that are obstacles, that are trees. He says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And the question is here today, in in, in this room, how can all of us uh, get in the wind column more? How can we become more than conquerors? I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. And uh, we're going to be reading a number of scriptures here today that will be on the screen. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. And it says, when they came to the crowd, 
a man came to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. These, are, these were the apostles. These were the, his closest sect. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and, per, and perverted generation, he's speaking now to the disciples, okay? He's mad, okay? Did anybody know that Jesus got mad? Okay, he says, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Hold off right there for a second, Alex. Now, I I just want to just make a quick note here. A lot of times we think our problems, our issues that we're facing is cause and effect. But understand this. The Bible says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Make no mistake about this. There are issues, there are times that are in our life we're facing situations, and behind that problem is a demonic spirit. Not all the time. Some people get way off into that area, and they say every single issue and problem, there's a demon behind that. That's not true. But there are times when the enemy of your soul Uh, demonic spirits are influencing your situation. And when that is happening, how do you handle that? Okay, so uh, Jesus recognized that there was a demon on this boy. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? The reason why they asked that question prior to this, Jesus gave them an anointing and an authority to deal with sicknesses, diseases, as well as demons. And they have been successful. But this time, for some reason, they struck out. They said, what happened? They're confused. They're scratching their head. And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible to you. Isn't that good news? I mean, know that we serve a God that can help us in this area. He says, but then he adds, this kind does not go out except, what does it say? By prayer and fasting. There are situations that you and I are face, facing that, uh, where there are mountain situations that will not move except through prayer and fasting. There is no question in my book. Here, uh, I think many of us can identify with the disciples with this question. Why couldn't we? Or why isn't happening? I've been praying about this for a long time, and this mountain will not move. And Jesus gives the clear answer to a very confusing situation there in verse 20. He says, it's because of the littleness of your faith. It's the littleness of your faith. Now, this man, this father had a son uh, uh, who was really in a bad situation. It was a crisis. This, this demonic spirit was trying to burn or drown his son. And, 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 and he's looking for help. And, and no help comes his way when he goes to the disciples. And the question is, what do we do 
when we're in a crisis. And we all face crisis situations here. What do we do when we're, we're looking for direction, for provision? A relationship that is breaking apart, healing or deliverance, protection. What do we do most of the time? I know that most people do, even who are not followers of God, when it comes down, they've tried everything. What they do is they pray. And a lot has been said on prayer. There's no question about in the church. It's been said a lot, okay, here in this church. But the truth is, a lot has not been preached about and taught on fasting. Now, when it comes to the burdens of life, I want you to hear this. And we all, how many have some burdens and some issues that you're facing right now? We all have got burdens. We've got all uh, issues in life. Jesus assumes that his followers, his disciples, will fast. He assumes that, okay? If you're reading your Bible, okay, and I'm going to prove that to you in just a moment, that he, he, he assumes that you and I will fast. Why is that? Because he recognized because we live in a fallen world that's broken and we're not in heaven yet. That's a place of perfection. He knows that every single person here in this room and back at that time were facing situations. They were mountains. They were trees that would not come down. And the only way that this would happen is that we would go without food, go without physical comfort, emotional gratification, so we could humble ourselves and pray. So in his absence, okay, where he is absent now, fasting was to be a priority. Let me take you to a scripture. This is not the only one. There's a couple of others. Matthew chapter 9, same book, verse 14. Then John's disciples, this is John the Baptist. This was the men that were running around with him, that were helping him in the area of baptism. They came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? So the 12, as well as Jesus, okay, are not fasting at this time. And Jesus answered, how can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will what? Then they will fast. Jesus has been taken up to heaven. We know that he's coming back again. And he assumes during this period of time in history, before he comes back again, that his children, that his followers will fast. In verse 15 from the NLV translation puts it this way. Jesus said, can the friends at a wedding be sorry when the man just married is with them? Of course not, he's saying. But the days will come when the man just married will be taken from them. Then they will not eat food so they can pray better. Does anybody ever just have that question in their mind and say, I just wish I could pray better? Does, I don't know if you've ever been there and said, I just pray, I wish I could pray more effectively because if I pray more effectively, God will answer my prayer. Here it is. It's connected to prayer and fasting. Okay? Biblically, historically, and testimony-wise, fasting with prayer is the key that unlocks the door to God's favor. Amen. Now, I'm going to talk to you about three things here this morning. In your outline, uh, uh, I'm going to talk to you about the principles of fasting. I'm going to talk to you about the practices of fasting. And I'm going to talk to you about the purpose of fasting. We're going to go ahead and take some time in these areas. So go ahead, take good notes here. 
Listen, as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, write these down, pray about these. We know this, the principle of fasting, number one. Fasting occurred during the burdens of life that demanded a spiritual breakthrough. We know that, that fasting is a way that gets us closer, actually where we're closer to God, where we feel closer to God, we sense his presence, we hear his voice clearer, okay? We see him working in our lives. In my office, I have a, a particular area, a wall plug-in, and uh, I got two sockets right there. And my top one, uh, uh, years ago, uh, I remember I, I was in a hurry. It's, I had my computer plugged in, and, and I walked by, and I yanked out uh, the plug right there. And, and then when I went to go ahead and plug it in uh, the next time, it's really loose in there, and it really hardly works. And, uh, but when I go down to the bottom one, it's nice and tight. And, and what I have found out, me personally, and from those who live a, a fasted lifestyle, for those who have, have said, you know what, I'm going to go without food, a, a meal this day, or a whole day, or maybe a week, or, or a season, uh, there is a sense of feeling closeness with God. So, so fasting was, was done not only for emergencies, but getting closer to God. Do you want to get closer to God? Does anybody want to get? The Bible says, draw nigh unto him, draw close to him, and he will draw close to you. Fasting is one of the best ways that we can do that. What is fasting? What is fasting? I want you to see here. It's the deliberate abstinence from physical and emotional gratification to achieve a greater spiritual goal. The word fast in the Old Testament, uh, in the Greek, it means to, to, uh, to cover the mouth, okay? In the Greek, it, mean, it meant to abstain from food. What do we abstain from? We abstain from, from, from food, sex, entertainment, okay? God may speak to your heart in these areas. Here it is, listen, it's a denial of the flesh okay, our physical flesh, to get a response in the spirit. It's putting the natural on hold to get a hold of the supernatural. It says no to you in order to hear a yes from God. Let me take you to a scripture here to prove that point. Zechariah chapter 7, this is the prophet, saying here in verse 5, say to all your people and your priests, during these 70 years of exile, when you fasted, this is when Israel was deported, okay, over to Babylon. When you fasted and mourned in the summer and in every autumn, here they were, they were in a season of fasting. Was it really for me that you were fasting? And even now in your holy festivals, aren't you eating and drinking just to please yourselves? When you are eating, who are you eating for? Who is it for? It's you, right? When we eat, we eat for ourselves, okay? Now, there are people in here who live to eat, and there are others who just eat to live. Uh, it's not a big, giant priority in your life. You want to eat right, but then there are a lot of people, uh, myself included, that, that you live to eat. You like food. How many of those people are here in this room, okay? My wife that I married, okay, listen, I, and I'm telling you the truth, it was important that I married some. Some of you are going to get mad at me and say, who in the world? Uh, it was important to me that I married someone that actually enjoyed 
cooking and like to make meals, okay? When I, in, my, in my single years, in fact, uh, I, when I was dating and, and, and praying about God's uh, you know, best for my life, God's will, uh, I'd ask the question, so very subtly, so do you, do you like to cook? Uh, no. I don't, okay. I'm serious. I did that, okay. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, and, 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 and had absolutely no ambition. So I mean, kind of crossed that one off the list and went to the next, okay. Why wait, okay. I mean, that's just where I was, so forgive me. So when I, when I asked that girl that I'm married to now for 30 years, do you like to cook? Oh, yeah. And uh, I love doing that. Been doing it for a long time. And so, hmm, very interesting. And by the way, uh, I mean, that girl could make the best meat loaf that you, my, my mom who was by the way the reason why I had that because my my mom was a phenomenal cook uh, spoiled us made us what do you want for breakfast here this morning and uh, and, and, and so we ate meals together I mean we were just kind of old-fashioned my mom was, was in the kitchen loved to just I mean minister and serve her family that way so it was important to me I mean I wanted to have meals together as a family and and to these years I mean through these 30 years that we've been married and with our kids I mean dinner time is really an important time for us so when we eat okay we eat for ourselves okay eating brings pleasure it satisfies it fills you up right but God says here in verse 5 he says something very interesting he says was it really for me that you were fasting he says were you really doing it for me when you spent that time and season were you fasting for me it's as if god was saying when you give up food for me you have my attention what food does for you god says what food does for you it satisfies and fills fasting does for me why does it satisfy God? Why does fasting satisfy God? It shows desperation that the cry of the soul, the need in, in our lives is greater than the cry of my stomach. You're making the inner man more important than the outer man. Fasting coupled with prayer makes us spiritually stronger. You can't build a skyscraper on sand. In order to build a skyscraper, you've got to dig down deep and lay a foundation of cement and concrete to hold up those powerful structures. And many of us want to really be strong. We really want to be strong in the Lord, and we want to, and we want to do what's right. But there's many Christians who aren't really willing to dig deep and get low. Fasting, I believe, enlarges our foundation and stability. The question of fasting and many of you know this, are you willing to give up your meat and potatoes to gain spiritual riches and victories? That's the question. And I want to tell you, there have been many times I've answered no to that question. My flesh who loves to eat. No, we'll handle this situation some other way. But I believe that God is calling us to fast, sometimes for a meal, Sometimes for a day, sometimes for a week, sometimes for a month, sometimes for a season. Right now, our church, if you're here today, we are, uh, last week we declared together we're going to do a fast for 11 days. For those who have entered into that fast, I want to let you know I've been praying for you. And, 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 and people are doing that fast in different forms and different ways. Some of you are on a juice fast. 
Uh, some of you are, are just abstaining from food for two meals a day and maybe eat one. And, and I just wanted to say, everything that you deny your flesh, it counts. God sees and God will honor. Some of you who are here today are, are, are just doing water and, and nothing else. And, and, and God honors that. And God calls us to fast with right motives. And when we do that, it shows that we are serious and not cavalier about the situation. I know this, people here in this room have skipped meals, okay, uh, and, and continued on in their work to have mit, missed lunches, okay? Why did they do that? Why have you done that? Because you had a deadline. And you said, if I'm going to get the next job, at, and for the team, I've got to go ahead and do this. That's what fasting does. It's so important that I'm willing to go without food. So there is the principle of fasting. Let's look at the practice of fasting. What do you do when you're in a situation when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you, you don't know what to do? Has anybody ever faced those situations? How many faced those? Maybe a, a lot. Psalm 69 talks about that situation. Verse 10, the writer says, When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, people make sport of me. And those who sit at the gate mock me, and I am the son of the drunkards. But I pray to you, Lord, in the time of your favor, in your great love, answer me with your sure salvation. He's really going through a difficult time. Rescue me from the mire. Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me, from the deep waters. Do not let the flood waters engulf me. He, he's feeling this, this intensity, this pressure. Or the depths swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy, turn to me. How many of you have been in a situation recently where you feel the world is closing in on you? God says, if you're in a situation and you said, man, I've tried everything and it just seems nothing seems to work, I would encourage you to begin to couple your situation with fasting. It gets results. I was reading a story by Derek Prince, who has now passed away, and uh, he's an author and a teacher, a, a great speaker. God had used him in a powerful way. Uh, but back in, uh, during World War II, when it had come to an end, uh, he and his wife had moved to the, it was not officially the nation of Israel. And, uh, and he was there in Israel, at, and, and in 1948, a historic date when Israel became a nation again, the United Nations declared that Israel, okay, the, the Jewish people had come back to the land and said, now this is going to be your land again. And there was a fight between them and the Palestinians. And when that was announced, okay, that now you have your land, okay, they were, they, they were literally surrounded by the Arab nations. There was an undeclared war that, that was made against the, the nation of Israel. There were 650,000 Jews that were living in Israel at that time. They were barely armed. They had, uh, they had no official army, and they were surrounded by 50 million Arabs who said after this, we are going to annihilate you. 
we are going to drive you into the sea. And here, Derek Prince, okay, uh, who was from England, and he's with his wife, and he has eight adopted kids, okay? This guy's a spiritual giant, and he has a heart for Israel. He sees God's moving in a supernatural way. Him and his wife went into an extended fast, and, 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 and the situation was absolutely hopeless in the natural realm. Okay, 650,000 Jews, okay, against 50 million Arabs. There was, in the natural, there was no possible way that they were going to make it. And he said this, listen to this. He said, I heard my wife distinctly say this in a prayer. Lord, paralyze the Arabs. And, and, and literally, their, their, their home was right there, uh, just, I mean, just a, a block or two from where the fiercest fighting was going on. And there were times where, when, the, when, when the, the, it was so bad, so fierce, but the soldiers would come back, and then it seemed like the Arabs went away. And here's what, here's what one of the soldiers said. He says, there, there's something that we can't understand. We go into an area where the Arabs are, and they outnumber us 10 to 1 and are much better armed than we are. Yet as, at times they seem powerless to do anything against us. It's as if they are paralyzed. This, is, this, is, this was the nation of Israel that became, and this happened back in 1948. When your world is closing in on you, come to God with fasting. It gets results. Many times, well, I've tried everything, but have you tried fasting? Uh, Pastor Dan, who was with us last week, was kind of sharing about this story, and he filled me in a little bit further what happened uh, in the story. Was, uh, he was telling about a couple, uh, a wife that had been uh, cheating on her husband, sleeping with her boss uh, for a year, and uh, she became pregnant, and uh, and, and the husband was crushed. He was hurt over this. And he just had in mind, he says, I, you know, I'm leaving this marriage. I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to go. I, I, and he had a biblical right to go ahead and walk away from the marriage. But, but Dan and his other pastor, he says, why don't you go ahead and just kind of pray about this and fast about this? And what the irony is, his wife really did not have really much remorse at all. Uh, hadn't broken away from the relationship. And so he begins to pray about it, and, and God speaks to his heart. God gives him strength to go ahead and to, to forgive her. And, and, and God had done a beautiful work. She left the relationship, fully repented of her sin, and, and God restored uh, their marriage. And, 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 to, and this day they are doing marriage counseling together. Why? He had been doing a lot. He'd been doing everything else except prayer and fasting combined. Some of you want to give up. You're in a situation. And you want to give up. You said, it's not even, I don't even know if I should even pray about it. Pray and fast. The Bible says in Ephesians 6:13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that after the day of evil comes, you may be able to take your stand, your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand. You want to give up. And if you haven't tried fasting yet, pray and fast. I, I, through the years, when I've talked to people and they have been in crisis situations, trying to give them counsel, trying to encourage them and say, you know what? I, I, in the natural, I said, 
There's no one else that can help you. There's nothing else that can help you. What you need to do is to pray and to fast. And when I, when I say fast, it's like I got a, a third eye on my head. And I say, are you kidding? What do you mean fast? I mean, give up food? And uh, I, I want to encourage you to do, I mean, to be like a pit bull. Lord, I am not, I am going to fast, Lord, until I get a breakthrough. And, and you say, well, well that, mean, that could be a really long time. And that's true. It could, be for a, it could be for a season. It could be for a day. It may, take, it may take a month. It may take a year. It may take a couple of years. But where you fast and you go back to food and you fast over this situation. Here in verse 11. The writer is talking about where he put on sackcloth. This was a practice that when a person was fasting, they would put on sackcloth. It was, a, it was black goat's hair. And many times it accompanied fasting. And, and it showed to God uh, their debasement. They were humbling themselves. They were going through mourning and repentance. And, and, it, and, it, and basically it was a sign of humility and hoping that God would hear this. And it looked and it felt awful. But you know what? They said, God, we're willing to go ahead and look awful, to look strange. God, we're willing to feel, Lord, awful. God, on the inside as well as on the outside, so God, you will hear us. Go with me to Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3, verse 5. Jonah, everybody know what Jonah's famous for, right? The whale, okay? Well, he, he, he had ignored them for a while. He comes back and he preaches to the Ninevites. These were a wicked people. History shows that. They were wicked. They were bad. Jonah did not want to go there and preach God's word to them to repent. He wanted God to judge them, but he went ahead and he relented and he went back to Nineveh and he preached to the man, you better get your act together. God is going to bring judgment upon you, okay? And God spoke through him so forcefully. Look at what happened. It says, the Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth, okay, as a sign of debasement, of repentance. And when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king of his nobles, do not let the, the people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let all people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent with compassion and turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. And when God saw what they did and how they turned away from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. There's something that when we combine fasting and prayer, and we say, God, please come, and we feel we, we have felt God's judgment in our lives because we've been walking in a season of disobedience, and we say, God, I ask you to spare me. God, I ask you to bring mercy upon me. And we know that, that there was mercy that came upon the Nivenites. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. Did you hear that? Our God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, 
abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. I want to just stop there for a moment. We had a good number of people that showed up uh, this past Thursday night to come together and pray. This Thursday night, okay, we are calling a sacred assembly. What are we doing? We're coming together and we're fasting, okay? We're asking God for him to have mercy upon us, okay? How many know that our nation is in a bad way right now? Okay, for those who've been around for a long time and and from the changes that we have gone through the last couple of decades, okay, God's judgment, okay, I believe is already being poured out on uh, on America and I want to pray that God's mercy will be displayed and I want to come before him and, and ask God, would you, Lord, spare our nation and I want us to come together and pray. And, and they have a solemn assembly. I, I think of my kids and my grandkids. I'm thinking about their future. And I call everybody here today that love God, that are serving God, come this Thursday at 6 o'clock to worship him from 6 to 7. And we're going to pray for our nation this Thursday that God would come and visit our nation. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders, the children, nur- those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the portal and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? And I want to tell you, there are many people here in this nation are saying to the Christians, where is your God? How come he doesn't seem to be real or alive? And one of the things that we need to be praying about, God, we pray that there would be a release of your power, a release of your anointing, God, to break the yokes of bondage in our lives. So we want to come today, and I know that when God's people humble themselves and they say no to their stomachs and yes to him and his presence, God can move in very powerful ways. And number three here this morning, let's look at the purpose of fasting. Isaiah 58. In fact, I want to give you an assignment this week. For those who, who, are, who have joined me here in this, in this fast, I want, I want you to go. This is probably one of the most definitive chapters in the Bible about fasting. And, and, I, and I pray that it will give you faith, the fast. Shout it aloud, verse 1. Do not hold black. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out They seem eager to know my ways. God is talking to the nation of Israel right here. These are people who were religious. These are people who were going through the rituals, who were going to the temple, who were showing up, quote, to worship God. He says, it seems they're eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. And then they said, why have we, in fact, they were even going through fasting, but there was something inside their lives that was missing. And they say, why have we fasted and you have not seen it? They're talking to God. Why have we humbled ourselves? And if you've not noticed, okay, 
Yet on the day of your fasting, here's what God's saying, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. There was injustice going on. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today. They were fasting wrong. Their fast were done wrong. But I want you to see here, right here, in the next verse right here. Okay, this is the purpose for fasting. And expect your voice to be heard from on high. We fast and we pray because we want God to hear us. When we talk and when we pray, does God not hear us? Oh, of course he does. But I'm talking about when God hears us and he responds to our prayers. Our two boys that we adopted, uh, Samuel and Josiah, uh, when we adopted them a couple of years ago from China, and, uh, and they had to learn the English language. And uh, one of the things that really is really important to us as parents to teach kids manners. Uh, how many think that's a good idea? Okay, and uh, so it, I mean it's really important that uh, if someone does something nice for you, thank you. You know, and if, uh, and uh, and if you want something. Uh, you don't just, you know, ask, but you say, please. And, uh, and when, my, when my sons, uh, uh, and we're still kind of teaching them, they're, they're almost there. They mostly got it. Uh, they, Dad, could you please do this? Uh, uh, I mean, they don't say please. Dad, could you do this for me? And I just sometimes, I just, I ignore them. I'm not even looking at them. And then, Dad, uh, would, you do, would you do this for me? And then I'll look at them, and uh, kind of like a, a, a puzzled look on my face, and I'm going, Dad, would you, what? Oh, please, uh, yeah. And wait, okay, yeah. And, and there's just something about it that when, when we fast with the proper motivation and actions, God hears. Uh, when, uh, uh, Dan Yakely, who, by the way, is, in my opinion, a spiritual giant. We had a great man uh, that has been with us a number of times. And this is a man uh, of fasting and prayer. Uh, I, I'm around him. I listen, okay? I feel, I feel like, oh my good. I, I, when I'm around him, he encourages me. I get convicted. But he said, you know what? I was, he says, I felt the Lord speak to my heart to go on a 21-day fast. I was facing a number of, of issues. He said, we needed, uh, my wife was pregnant again. We only, we, had, we lived in a very small space. We needed another place. And he said, I only had a little bit of money left to maybe make a down payment. We live here in Denver. Uh, the housing is so expensive. Uh, he says, I don't know how it's going to happen, but he says he was in day 14 of the fast and God spoke to him to go ahead and give away the savings that he had to a ministry. So he just went ahead, he gave it all to this ministry. He says, after that happened, he says, immediately, he says, God kicked into gear. He says, I had a house, and it, it was beyond me, my imagination. It was big enough, it was cheap enough to where I could go ahead and afford it. God had opened up the way. God heard as he, as he was praying there in the fast. When you fast and are desperate to hear your voice on high, fasting, listen to this, amplifies your voice towards heaven. Do you want God to hear you? Fast and prayer. Our problem is we're not desperate enough or we're going to other sources, and this has been me, be honest with me, to go to other sources to meet the need. And God wants us to go to Him. Fasting puts us in a position of humility, puts us in a position to be humbled, and that is good. 
How many would say amen to that? No, we don't like that. Here they are saying, they're having a conversation with God. Have we humbled ourselves and you haven't noticed? There was, there was no question about it that, that fasting was, con, was connected to humility. God, I, I, I'm showing respect for you. I'm showing honor for you. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. God shows favor to the humble. Humility breaks the sin of self-human sufficiency. Okay, pride is saying, I can do this on my own, okay? I don't need God, okay? I've got, uh, I've got a head on my shoulders. I've got common sense. I've got an education. I've got strength. I've got ability. I don't need to go to God. That's pride. God opposes those people. But those who, who show hum- humility, humility says, I can't. I don't know how to do this, but God, you can. I come to you, I throw my sins out to you. I throw my failures out to you, God. God, I have mountains, Lord. I bring it to your feet. What do I do, Lord? And God responds with favor to those who humble themselves before him. So what can I expect if I fast? What can you expect if you fast? Some of you are hearing this message on fasting for the very first time. There are no, I mean, can spend weeks and months on this subject, but there's no question about it. There are physical, emotional, and spiritual benefits to fasting. No question about it. There are so many stories. Just do a little bit of research or whatever. You will see the benefits of fasting. But here's also what you can expect. You will get hungry. Okay, and, and, and you say, well, wait a second. Yeah. I, I, some people were doing fast this week, and it, some of them it was for the first time, and say, man, I'm really hungry. You know? And that's what really kind of keeps people away from fasting. But can I just say this? That hunger will not last forever. Okay? If you decide you feel the Holy Spirit speak to your, to your heart, maybe do fast for three days, there are going to be some moments where you feel really hungry. Okay? And maybe your kids are eating pizza at that moment, and, and it will really, really look good to you. Okay, my kids were eating pizza during this week, and it was, uh, I, I so wanted to join them. Okay? But, you will, but it won't last forever. Okay? But you're saying no to your stomach, okay, and yes to God, okay? Here's another thing. Uh, if you do an extended fast, and, and even sometimes a day, in fact, you'll feel weaker. First day of the fast last week, I want to tell you, I, I took three naps that day. I, I, my body says sleep, you know, so I lay down on my couch there, and, and, and that's what was happening. I mean, I just kind of, like, I mean, I'm detoxing. I, I'm just kind of feeling... Uh, you know, but uh, I want to tell you something. Uh, it's also good to feel weaker. I'm talking about physically weaker as well, okay? Why? Because your flesh, this can't run the show because it isn't strong enough. Your spirit that now is dependent on God for strength is now in control. Paul the Apostle said this, who was a major faster, okay, prayer and fasting, who had got tremendous results, okay, Seeing the dead rise, okay, many miracles and healings, wrote much of the New Testament, okay, went through some very difficult times. He's in a very difficult season. He goes to God, and, and he says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, each time he replied, he says, God, please help me out, and God responds, 
My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can, can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. The irony of this is when we say, God, man, I, 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 I'm hungry. Lord, I'm weak. But it's in that position when we're humbling ourselves and throwing ourselves to his mercy and to his grace, God responds. Go down to me, with me to verse 6, Isaiah 58, 6. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen to loosen the chains of injustice? There are situations here in America that are not just and in the world that are not just. There is something that, that when we combine prayer and fasting, God can break the, the, the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. There are people here in this room, in fact, many people here in this room that still have issues, sin issues, that have a control of your life. You haven't been able to break through. I ask you this question. Have you tried fasting yet? And you say, well, yeah, I, this thing's so strong on me, I really don't want to really give it up. I really love God, but this one really has, I, I'm oppressed, I, I'm really in a prison right now. God says, fast. It will set the oppressed free. Verse 7. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? I know this, that you can't share food unless you have food. When you and I, I some of you are here and, and you're in a place to where you know what, and you say, I need finances, I need, I need a breakthrough, I, I'm in debt, I want to get out of debt. Not only do I want to get out of debt, but I want to give. I want to be a blessing. I want, I want to help people. I want to sow into God's kingdom. God says, if you fast, you position yourself to where God can say, I can get that bread to you. Isaiah 58, 8. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guards. We know this, that just on the physical realm, those who are healthy people in here that, that pay attention to eating properly, exercising, and all of those things, know that fasting, just from the physical aspect of it, not from the spiritual aspect, brings great benefits. Those who go into a three-day just water fast only, I mean, you're detoxing, and, and there's wonderful benefits to your body. The Bible says that when, when you begin to go ahead and fast and you're in a situation, it will bring healing, okay, and it brings it swiftly. I remember... Uh, when I was in high school, I was, uh, there would be some weekends that I would work with my brother. My brother was working for this ambulance company. It was a rinky-dink company. And we got to, on weekends, go to the drag strip. And, uh, and, and, and we were there at the end of the runway and uh, in case any of the cars blew up or crashed. You know, we, we got to drive to the scene, okay? And, and it was fun. So I'm sitting there at the end of the runway. I don't really know anything about first aid, but I was just kind of there. And, uh, and, but I remember watching the stock cars, and the stock cars were pretty good, pretty fast, but it was when the, the fun, anybody know who the funny cars are? The funny cars are the really fast cars. They run on nitro. 
Okay, and nitro is a, is a, a pure a nitro. And I remember when they used to announce it on the radio, they're going to be running on nitro and all this. It was really exciting. But it was the difference maker to where they could smoke everyone else. It's the fuel that got them down the track the fastest. I believe that God wants to bring blessing and breakthrough in our lives if we will say yes to fasting and healing will come forth quickly. I love this one. He says, and then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be a rear guard. God will also, he says, the light will break forth like the dawn. How many in here are saying right now, I need direction in my life. I need, I'm praying about something and uh, I need direction. Is there anybody here in this room? Uh, okay, just ra- keep your hands raised for just a second. I'm gonna, we're gonna be ending on this one. I wanna join you here this morning. The Bible says the light's gonna come. I've got, to get, I've got to end here because I'm running late. I'm sorry. I'm absolutely convinced about this one. If you need direction, push away the plate. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you how long he wants you to be in the fast. Um, I remember when we were in the inner city of Chicago on the south side, very violent area, uh, have been a pastor for three years there. We started the church and... Uh, and I was in a very, very discouraging part of my life. God had been blessing it. The church was going through. God had grown the church. We were about 250 people. And uh, God was doing some wonderful things. But then we were going through some difficulty. And uh, I went on a fast. It, it was an extended fast. It was during the wintertime of January. And I was desperate. I was down, fighting depression, going through just an awful time. And and. And uh, just seeking the Lord and, 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 and said, God, I need your help. Lord, come. And, and God, what am I supposed to do? I just really didn't know what to do. And, and that's in, in January. And, uh, and, I'm, and I am a broken pastor at this time. I, I'm broken. People didn't, in the congregation, didn't know what I was going through. Many of the people there were young Christians, families. I mean, they, they're just coming to know the Lord. And, and the only one that knew what I was really going through was my wife. And uh, uh, no one else. And, and, and I'm just, so I'm, I'm bringing this to the God, and Lord, I'm hurting. And I remember I got a phone call. It was in May. It was from my dad. And he says, Mike, uh, I'm going to be going through an operation. He says, it's very risky. And uh, he said, he says, people die during this one. He says, I'm not sure, you know, uh, if I'm going to make it, you know. And so, and I remember it was right there during that time. The whole, as I'm, I'm hanging up the phone, I felt a release right there. God had given me an answer. And that, that uh, I was to go ahead and, and to release, to resign, and to go back down to Florida uh, to where my dad was in Cape Coral. And, and, and it was absolutely a... We, we talked last week about transition. The fellow that followed in my footsteps, the pastor there, uh, him and his wife, God had set them up had put it on their heart about coming to Chicago, starting a church, or helping out a church there in Chicago. They had their support. There were so many challenges that we were facing, and and it was just a perfect transition. The church flourished and grew. I come down. I'm wounded. I'm broken. God takes me to this church called Kingsway uh, Chapel right there, and God begins to heal my heart. And it was in that healing when I was there for four years, then God spoke to me and gave me my next assignment, which was Calvary Christian Center. I'm here, uh, I believe, 
this day at this church as a result of that fast, okay, years ago. I heard from God. And I wanted to say for those that are here today, I know God is going to speak to you. You're his sheep. He's the shepherd, and you're going to hear his voice. As you faith, as, as you fast, faith is going to come and watch those mountains move. Let's pray. For those who, have, who are, are, are praying for direction, just would you lift up your hands one more time. And for those who are here today as well, you have a mountain situation. You said, Pastor, I'm facing a mountain situation. I've tried everything except prayer and fasting. Those two combinations together. Would you just raise your hand as well? We're going to ask that God would just move. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for this word. Father, on fasting. Lord, it's not something exciting, something our flesh wants to hear about, Lord. But God, we confess, Lord, that we need you more than we need food. God, we need your hand. We need your guidance, Lord. We need your favor. We need your help. We need your grace. We need your mercy. We throw, Lord, ourselves at your feet, Lord. And God, we ask that, Lord, you would help us to hear, Lord, those who raised their hands. Father, I pray, God, for those who are hurting, God, and those who are, are, are in a place, God, of, of bondage, Lord, I'm praying, God, that you would break, Lord, those chains. I pray, God, every person here in this room, God, Father, would embrace, Lord, the discipline of fasting. And for those who are in the season looking for direction, I pray, Lord, for a divine download. God, that you will speak, Lord, as you spoke clearly to me. As you spoke, Lord, to many of your people through the years. God, I pray, Lord, for supernatural direction. Lord, that they will know, there will be a confidence that when they obey, Father, that your favor is behind them. And Father, for the ones that have mountains, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, be removed. To the glory of your name, God, I'm asking you to do this. Father, financial, Lord, mountains. Relational mountains. Lord, physical mountains, Lord. Father, I'm asking, God, those to be removed in Jesus' name. Emotional, Lord, uh, mountains, Lord, God. I'm asking, God, you would break those sin mountain issues. God, that they would be broken today in Jesus' name. God, I'm asking you to do that. And Father, I'm asking, God, that there are going to be many testimonies in these coming days and months, Lord, of, of breakthrough and healing. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do, Lord. I give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And God's people say, amen. Stand to your feet here this morning. Amen. I want to bless you this morning. I pray that you have a great week. And for those who are fasting, I want to just encourage you, okay, put a smile on your face, okay? Uh, put a smile on your face. Know that God is with you, that when you're weak, you will be strong with Him. Amen? Amen. Have a great week, guys. I love you. God bless you. Amen.